wash your hands, gargle and mouthwash. So um, this guy is sort of like our star. His name is Pat Kelly, and he's playing a guy named Dale Dodd. He's totally Canadian, all about Canadian. And she he's a big com- comedic partner with another person in this uh, film. He didn't have that great a career, but um, but he did have a nice career. The, the teacher? No, the star. The star. Now, this is um, Dr. Toussaint, okay? And he goes by Tony. And we've seen him before in Meatballs 3. Oh, cool. Was he an angel or a terrestrial human? He was a... Um, motorcycle gang? Right. He was the motorcycle gang guy, and it was pretty funny. Uh, and he's funny in this one, too. Now, when I started reading his credits um it was uh he was in war games and i realized he was the guy who was like mr potato head you know <laughs> yeah right so i, I immediately text eddie Deason, like is there any funny you know anecdotal story about him so he goes his name is maury uh shaken and he passed away he's totally canadian he says maury was a great guy to work with in war games a bit the bit in our scenes where Maury says, Mr. Potato Head, Mr. Potato Head, Maury wrote that himself. He showed it to me the morning of the shoot, and I loved it immediately. And to this day, I have people call me Mr. Potato Head. He actually, another person, Marty Bratt, actually deleted our scene, but then Marty got fired because the studio didn't like his dailies. But when John, Bad- John Badham took over, our scene was one of the only scenes he insisted be kept in the film because of Mr. Potato Head. I had no idea. Oh, that's cool. All right, that's yeah. Eddie Deason. That's cool, Carl. Yeah, I didn't realize probably, that. Yeah. He will probably do another podcast. I've texted with him and he's like, talk to my agent, but he'll do it. So. All right. All right. All right, the good old microscope. Are they going to cut to the way no, he's turn saying? Turn it up. Least... Turn it up. No. Very strange indeed. That is a sperm cell. Now, what would a sperm cell be doing in your mouth? Oh, it's what a mystery. Oh, that's the callback. Ew, ew. No, just, I just want to confirm. That is very strange. Come look. Look, everyone. <laughs> it's funny right what's this thing like i watched this movie a couple minutes because i was like i love dave thomas i didn't know he made another movie Mm -hmm. Uh, he he directed this film it just seems pedestrian like there's no like they just did the grossest thing ever and it doesn't rise like the music weighs it down this the set weighs it down it's just not a good film and it's very unfunny many times now, you consider Dave Foley artist. She's bumping into David Foley and she's like, that's Dr. Whiteside, the heart surgeon, just like I want to be. Like, you know, how do I look? And he's introducing himself to her and he's just being a pompous ass. Yeah, let's hear. Well, I just hope I get the opportunity to work with you when I become a cardiac surgeon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. It sounds like my doctor. 
Do you know my doctor, Carl? Doctor Vinnie Booba. <laughs> yeah. Where, where? Roddy Dangerfield. Oh, is that what? <laughs> my mom. You'd always do. You know, always do a joke like that, like you know. Doctor. Uh, and then he he had a special where Andy Kaufman played his doctor. Oh, okay. Uh, look at all that food, Carl. Yeah, lots of it. Do you like cafeteria food at the hospital? Um, only when there's no other food and you're like, I'm starving and dad's not dead yet. <laughs> That's the greatest part about eating at the hospital is that your mind's on something else. So it really <laughs> doesn't matter what you're eating. You know, you'll be like, well, I could eat my worries away. I'll take two, please. <laughs> or I, I need something just to pick on. While I stare out in space. The only people who actually eat the meals are probably the, those guys, the doctors and stuff. There's no patients in there anyway. I have no patience for this movie. <laughs> the only patients you'll see are, no, you'll see many patients. What am I talking about? Now, turn it up. This is a very unfunny thing. You think you could push people around? Well, you can't. You think it's some sort of hot shot? You understand me? I just want everyone to know that. Maybe you should go sit down. Yeah. Did you forget what I said, man? Hey, Marlon, I'm really impressed. That was really sweet of you to stick up for me like that. Yeah, it was. It was. When you tell me to mess with one of my bitches, that's what happens. Ass gets kicked. <laughs> I wouldn't mind being one of your bitches. Like bitch. Hmm? Okay, it keeps coming on. Oh, it stopped. It stopped. That was the last line. He had the last laugh. Now, this is actually funny. She's like, are you sexually active? And she goes, no. She goes, no, I'm, I'm, I just lay there. And then he's like, you're pregnant. Do you know who the father is? And she goes, no, who? Oh, that's there's good. There's funny stuff in this, but there's also lots of unfunny things. So much so that it's not a good movie. I was half expecting like a musical. This music is like predominant. Like I still have the hook from the last comedy bit. Well, that bass was like, slap. oh, gross. This is why you should eat afterwards. Now, in this scene, like they're telling him, you got to watch the EKG. And he's like, don't tell me, intern. And then the guy dies, you know. Gotcha. This was shot before COVID, I take it. Because no one's wearing masks. Well, Mike, I wanted to bring that up. Nobody wears a surgical mask during surgery. It's crazy. Now, is this Canadian healthcare at its finest, Carl? Do you want to get on your soapbox about Canadian healthcare? I oh, birds my gullet. What is what's they have universal health care? That's good. Yeah, they need except no surgery, uh, no masks during surgery. Uh oh, it's late for surgery. Right, he's supposed to be assisting as an intern, and he's not. Huh. It's very hard for me to watch because that's my father on the operating table. On the table. I had to sue. I had to sue Dave Thomas. 
Now, a lot of people may not recognize Dave Thomas, the actor, when they hear Dave Thomas, they what think they? Wendy's hamburgers. Oh, okay. Because he was, what, the owner, at least spokesperson for, for decades, television spokesperson? He was the owner, and his daughter was not a spokesperson, but the, the um, logo. Right. He had a lot of charity events. I actually went into a, a Wendy's maybe 30 years ago, and uh -huh. I got a free paperback written by Dave Thomas about the importance of family. And his he does a lot of work with adoptions and stuff like that. He did. Had like a foundation. Uh, I don't know. But Just isn't give he a, shout like a, out. a right wing uh, villain? Was he? I don't I know the story if he wrong. was estranged from his daughter, like him and his daughter didn't talk or something. I don't know the story of when Dave Thomas of Wendy's. I just <laughs> think he's like super conservative and, and, and the left likes did not like him. I think. I think the left didn't like the baked potatoes because they were dry, you know. No, you know, actually the baked potatoes are the best thing in Wendy's. I like the chili. Yeah. Baconators, eight strips of bacon. Can you wow. Imagine? Holy, holy bacon. No, let's go. Let's go. Oh, is the guy dead? Yeah, the guy's way dead. And we saw him trying to get like his heart shocked back to life and it wasn't successful. And we got the dumb joke that um, Mike Bonnart, who's a doctor, a doctor's kid, that guy, uh, was getting shocked at the same time, you know, because the thing was touching him. So now our meanie Dave uh, Dave Foley has sent him down, this intern person, to tell the family that uh, the their dad is dead. He's still working on the dad. No, he dropped inside like some sort of clamp or something. He's trying to get it back, and the heart will start beating. He'll come back to life, which is inexplicable. Well, wait a minute. What about the clamp? Did he at least get it back? No, he doesn't get the clamp back. Clamp back. Oh, that's too bad. I mean, yeah, that's good about the life. So he doesn't get paid for this as an intern? He saved this guy's life. Well, I think you pay for college, and this is part of college, right? Okay. But at least, you know, the guy could Venmo him some money. It's just for, you know, putting the comments, saving my life. 50 Canadian dollars. <laughs> now, um, he sends him downstairs to stop that nerdy kid from telling the family that the dad is dead. But meanwhile, um, the nerdy kid, who's Mike Bonnert in our film, he, he is downstairs telling the wrong family that their dad is dead. Oh my God. All right, here we go. Well, that's pretty funny. That's National Lampoonie. Uh, on oh, let's, hear, let's hear the music. It's music like do, 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 wah, wah. Do, 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 wah, wah. What a good guess you had, right? The violins. I, I don't know why my credits of Matt Frewer are not here. I mean, I printed the document. We all know. 
We've talked about Matt uh, Matt a lot on this on this show. He yes, was, of course. And I think he is an underserved, like his career was not as good as it should have been. That guy is a funny, funny, funny fucker. And he just didn't get, you would think with Max Headroom, he would go on to do, no, he he ended up being a Star Trek connection in our bad movie podcast. And he's all over YouTube, right? He got the wrong roles at the wrong times. This guy was is really funny. He should have been a big star. I would argue that he handled that whole Max Headroom phenomenon during the eighties pretty well. The uh-huh. fact that he was, it was originally what a BBC show. Uh, then it was an ABC show, but it was also the spokesperson for a global campaign by Coca-Cola. And he had, you know, then after, after the narrative television show ended, he had like an interview show. Uh-huh. And uh sang a song with Art of Noise, Paranormia. And then uh so that's that character, you know, like some people can just live off of that and done or just, you know, have it hang I and found he, him. he had his own sitcom. Remember Doctor Doctor, that horrible show? That lasted years. Um he did have his own sitcom, Doctor Doctor. I found him now. I just I had buried him in my notes here. Max Headroom in 85, an 87 television series of the same name. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Uh, he's not even on, on the screen and we're talking about him. Uh, Mike Stratford and Dr. Doctor from 89 to 91. That's not uh, bad. That's a good run. Wait, I don't understand. I said that he should have been a bigger star, and you're saying he was a bigger star? I mean, he 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 was a lead in a sitcom. He he's a character actor. I, mean, I remember him in Watchmen, two thousand nine, five uh, years from now. So he's our Star Trek connection. He was in an episode called "A Matter of Time," and I enjoy it. Enjoyed it. We saw him. Yeah, we already talked about it. National Lampoon Senior Trip as Principal Todd Moss, and he was in Going the Distance. Going the Distance. But you mentioned he was in one of the... Um, Speed Zone. I, I, Cannibal yeah, I Run sequels. Yeah, I forgot that. Oh, the families are revolting, right? They smell. Yes. They've been sitting there for a long time. Well, he went to two wrong families, and then Dr. Foley came into the correct family and said, your, your dad's going to be fine. So they, they're up in arms. Thank God that bit's over. Is the music changing to Silver Island? Ooh, no music. Doesn't it sound better without the music? Um, yes. Mm-hmm. That's another argument about the tone of this film. It's all over the place. So this is like a procedural now. Like it's a medical show. Well, now we're learning that they have no professors today. They have to go and pretend like they're real doctors and help patients because they're short-staffed. You see, Dave Thomas made a big deal. I, I read an interview about him with him about this film, and I saw a video, which was an interview with him promoting this film. He went across Canada trying to make this film something. And in all of it, he says that this is an indictment of the Canadian medical system. He was saying, like, roads, bridges, highways. We They're all 
roads, bridges, highways, hospitals. Like he starts talking about like this 1950s model for things and and how it just doesn't apply to today and it hasn't been updated. So this is his statement about how hospitals are falling apart. Oh, it's love interest. Sweet. So, you know, not that these guys aren't interchangeable, but they, did they get a blowjob today? That blowjob couple? Yeah, that is not blowjob couple, but the guy on the left got the blowjob. Now, gotcha. that is Pat Kelly in real life. He's Dale Dodd, and he's the womanizer. Dale Dodd. And, right, and he is good comedic partners with Peter Oldring, who is the guy who went and told the wrong family their dad was dead, okay? So gotcha. he is a like trying to be a womanizer. He came on to the head nurse. He got a BJ from Mitzi. And now he's starting to have a serious relationship with this one. So the thing is, what are you telling me about this guy? Like, is he the womanizer or is he the serious boyfriend? And the film doesn't do any character arc with him. Like, he's the womanizer, but now because of his love for her, he's becoming the serious boyfriend. There's none Which is of what we would expect. That's a great point because that's what would happen because we just watched him dilly-dally in the, in the aisles. I, for some reason, I feel like they're going to be selling me something. Like, it has well, a quality of a good commercial. There really is no plot to this film. Rather, there's comedy bit, comedy bit, comedy bit, comedy bit. And then some of the characters have many subplots. So this is like, there's not like a day in the life or like at the end of the day, the hospital has to close and they're racing for something. Well, uh, at the end of the film, to, uh, as, okay, getting us into act three, uh, the three doctor interns, the three male interns get into a lot of trouble and they're going to get kicked out. But then there was like a bus crash and all these people filled the ER and it was them who like saved the day. One of the people they saved was a billionaire and so he donates to the hospital a quadrillion cool. dollars and then they're not kicked out because they saved the day but that's as far as we go for plot you know a canadian billionaire i created ketchup french uh potato chips right in canadian money he is a billionaire in american money he's a high millionaire high millionaire dollionaire as mcdonald's would say so now, like, they're going to have to deliver a baby. And remember, they're just students. Although they've been all the way through med school, this is their the final period on the end of a sentence for a doctor to be... No, now you're out in the real world with, with real patients. And so what we're learning is, like, this is their first time being real doctors, and they got to go all the way and be real doctors. No, and nobody wears just... surgical masks. I have a bad movie beef, and this is what it, this seems exactly it. Uh -huh. Is that if you're gonna do like a child being born comedy bit, do it at the end of the movie. How can you top that? How can you top giving birth? You can do another hour of show. Like that should be the finale. I, okay. you know, Freddie got fingered. Whether you love it or hate it, he's delivering <laughs> babies twenty minutes into that movie probably why i hate that film honestly but that's just well, like we'll never see the baby born it's ridiculous. just a comedic bit 
So there's no payoff on like, of course we want to see the baby born. Just pay, move on. Have the baby with a cigar and a little hat saying, I did it, you know? Okay, so his mom will come in because she's a, gy- a gynecologist and she will like save the woman's life. And then Peter will be mad. You, is it intern mom's visit day? And <laughs> Not that the it's, kid's okay. It's not good. It's not good. I'm sorry I made you watch this three times, two times. <laughs> yes. This is yeah. my fourth time, yes. Brutal. <clears throat> they're, they're having cutesy-cutesy love things. There's like somebody thinks that the bed that four people died in in a row is haunted. And I don't know. It's not good. He's under oh, there. There's the mom. At- right. Now, in real life... Dr. Bonnard is one of the best gynecologists oh. in the country. Then why didn't she deliver my kid? Oh, no. I'm not here. You're here. I see you. Get in there and do your job. Mr. Bonnard and I are perfect. Okay, there we go. It's the music I can't listen in to. In real life, she is, her name's Sue Huff, and she's a politici- politician from Alberta, Canada. She was the acting leader of the Alberta Party from November 23rd, 2010 to May 2011, and she served as a public school trustee from Edmonton, which is where this is filmed. So now this is, that's, that's great. Awesome. Yeah. So maybe because this is government finance, she's in the film. I don't know. But the thing is, this is 2004 be- before she became a, like a prominent politician. So I kind of don't get it. Well, just, was she like an actor or a comedian? Maybe she was like one of those comedians who were like a little politically act and then just moved into politics. Well, when you look her up on IMDb, this is her only credit, and it just talks about her as a politician. And she is like almost exactly my age. That's the only other interesting thing about her to me. Well, that's great that she was giving birth back in 2004, Carl. Way to go. You, yeah. Woo. Oh, that's mom, like, right? Give me hugs. Yeah, or something like that. Huggy booze. Uh, way to kill the moment. Carl, you going to just talk about the quality of that guy? Oh, the guys? Well, those guys are there for, obviously, they had an accident. Their butts have yeah. cracks right down the middle. Right down the middle. Oh, finally, scene two with the dad. Selling off hospital equipment and chasing nurses. That was it, our second scene. I've seen more scenes. Oh, third scene. No, no, he'll be out throughout the film. This is no cameo. In what? Oh, he'll be in the rest of the movie? Yeah. He'll be in scene 17, scene 19, scene 19A. As regulated in the movie Canadian Film Guild. He's going to get it on? I'm missing this movie. Oh, that was my Dan Aykroyd. Did you like it? Very nice, Michael. Thank you. I was impersonating Dan Aykroyd in the movie from 2004. But I'm serious about Dan Aykroyd. In terms of his acting, he is one note. He's always Dan Aykroyd. Always. Yeah, but there's a certain madness to his method, right? There's a certain, like, ha-ha, the absurdity of life of listening to bureaucratic prattle on while just opposed against supernatural forces. 
I mean, is there a joke to it? I mean, some people have a stick that lasts because it, it resonates to your soul. Like there must be something that that clings when you see Dan Aykroyd perform. I mean, I've seen him in hundreds of movies. Dan Aykroyd, he sounds exactly the same. Right, but I'm saying like there must be a reason for that. Like, what is the yeah, point laziness, of that style? Laziness. Come on, let's act. Be a different but, person. But I'm saying like comedy wise, there's always like a, a spark that you always like. You watch Mike Myers because he has this something silly about life in him. Great example. Great example. Mike Myers will be right. Austin Powers, but he will be Doctor Evil in the very same movie. Hundred percent different guy. You will see him in all of his uh, Saturday Night Live sketches. He's in the bathtub going "Bum Watcher." He's a completely different guy. He's um. Uh, party time! Excellent. Right, yeah. He's got range, range. But there's, there's, but there's always like a spark. Like you keep coming back because you enjoy the view he has. Like the there's something comedic that you know you see in Adam Sandler, you see in him. What about Dan Aykroyd? There must be a reason why I keep watching his movies. No, it's the same like laundry list. So anyway, but, uh, this is funny because they just met in the waiting room and now they're all kissy kissy. And then we find out like she's got chlamydia and herpes and everything. And so he has to be like, but on the brakes. Oh, the doctor is about to announce it in front of him. I'm here to give you your chlamydia shot. Oh, look at how he wipes his mouth off. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I just need a hug, doctor. Just need a hug. Oh, there's the Jaws music in the background. So that's it. This movie is a series of comedic bits. Oh, I yeah. can watch this scene. Uh, I invite you, audience, to watch it, but there will be poop all over Peter. Class me bag joke? Yes, and I'm not looking right. at the camera. You let me know when it's over. All right, I'll let you know. There's no need for me to uh, do an intro to let you know when it's over. I will I'll tell you when it's over. Oh, my God, it's still not over, Carl. Now, this was all filmed in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and they're in a real hospital. This hospital was getting sold, and so it was emptied. And the government said, you can have it for this cheap, cheap amount. Now, the government gave four and a half million, four and a half million dollars for this film. And the thing is, it was funded 100% by the government. Now, one of the things Dave Thomas was saying in his interviews, both the one I read and saw, is that, like, in Canada, the government will give you 75% of the budget, but you got to come up with that other 25, and that okay. always kills you, you know, trying to find it. So did he ask for like Edna to sponsor this movie or is there product placement? Do they drink like Canadian Coke or something? Canadian club? 
No, like I just told you, this is one of the rare occasions in which they were able to have it 100% funded. So it was a walk 100%. in the park. Now, there was a producer. His name is Josh Miller. He went to Dave Thomas and said, look, I got a way. I can get a movie 100% funded, but you got to come up with the movie. So Dave Thomas had in his mind this a long time ago, but it was going to be a TV show. And then Scrubs came out and he was like, ah, God damn it. So right. this guy came to him and said, hey, movie. And that's why he threw this together. They are on a date in, she said, I'll go on a date with you, but only if we're working, which I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. So this is the date. And he's got wine and she's softening up and really liking him. And, and when you uh, mentioned Scrubs, this movie, I can see it in a different light. Like it, mm -hmm. it makes it a little bit more watchable, I guess, if I kind of view it like that. Okay. So Dave Thomas wanted to do a, t a sitcom like, yeah. Yeah. And, and this movie was what ended up happening when he, when, when Scrubs came out, he was just like, I'm not even going to bother. So, this was uh, released as White... Okay, this was going to be White Coats. That was the title that um, Dave Thomas wanted. And when it was released on DVD in the United States, they went with the name White Coats. Okay. But in Canada, the marketing people were like, White Coats isn't funny. It doesn't let you know it's a comedy. Let's make it called Intern Academy intern academy and they did it because of the police academy movies they right. thought it would subliminally make you think it was a comedy well i i actually went to intern academy and then when i was done i had learned the tools to become an intern uh-huh yeah so i'm actually I, i'm really in the hole i didn't really think this through because i have to i have loans from intern academy and then my internship doesn't cover it so now um we're getting another comedic bit in which she's like i need a blood urine and stool sample and he's like what what and then the wife goes she needs your underwear that's a good now, joke now we have a sex bit and which she's like not there for ogbyn stuff but he's and she's like don't leave she gets all horny uh is this the same room they shot it in? I Every scene? I don't know. They had a whole oh, hospital. Okay, now here's the maid, and she's unplugging life support so she can plug in her vacuum. Uh, it's just another comedic bit. I'm what our title is let us watch a full-length movie. Sometimes movies you can't watch by yourself, even though you had watched this. Now, Daytime. they think they're finding the ghost, and then they find... because the ghost she keeps unplugging it. Right, so we find out that it's been her, she's killed three or four people by unplugging their life support while she vacuums. She's the night nurse. Remember, like, the killer who, like, kills people in their night? In the night? Sister of Mercy? Nurse of Mercy. Well, is she going to go to jail or are we going to watch that? Well, like, they're going to take her to Dan Aykroyd to, like, she doesn't speak English. She speaks Russian. Uh, is he going to speak Russian back to her? Well, that'll be the joke. 
Uh, but I read, I saw that coming. So it's the middle of the night. You see, Dan Aykroyd never leaves the hospital. He lives there. A problema sounds like Spanish to me. Yeah, it doesn't sound like Russian. But wait till you hear him talk. It's clearly Russian. You understood her? Of course I understood her. I don't hire people I don't understand. I go to the Ukraine a couple of times a year, bring back a dozen of them, help them get their landed immigrant status. Go back, get a dozen more. Call it a, an internship for cleaning ladies. She knows what you did wrong. Oh my God. She okay, go on. Let's have some ice wine. She understood that, didn't you? Of Dan Aykroyd, scene three, doing a count. <laughs> Now, this it's guy, fun. here's Matt Frewer, and turn it up because he's like, it's funny. All right. I was just going to say, this might be the most recent film I've seen Dan Aykroyd in, 2004. Uh-huh. Right. Now, we saw, now I, I meant for you to turn it up at this earlier, never mind. Um, Dan Aykroyd, we saw in Diamonds with Kurt. 1999. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that and was five years prior. He did Gross Point Blank that year, um, right. and Big he scene. was a member of the Order of Canada in 1999, which is the second highest honor for of like it's kind of like being knighted or something. So he's Sir Dan Aykroyd in Canada. No, they don't go by Sir, but it's like that same sort of prestigious government award. OBE, eh? OBF. Yeah. We're going to figure out what killed John Doe 5 today. I pretty well did my scalpel. And we're going to start with Ms. No. No, it's... Yeah, I mean, I'm happy there's no music to it, but this I'm telling you, the, the direction, and maybe it's just because they had to get it in and get it out, it's just back and forth. Right? Yeah. Like little visual yep. ping pong. Now, it's just a lot of not funny stuff. And like, like, um, Mitzi will say to, um, okay, let's see here. I got her. Um, her name's, uh, Christine Lee in the movie, Jane McLean. She's the Asian one there. She'll go, Mitzi will go, Do I look Amish with this hairstyle? It's like a lot of unfunny jokes. Do you feel that when people crank out movies and they appear on like Film Rise or what have you, that there's a certain genre they need to hit? So if it's action, they have certain action points, and this is like the best we could do for comedy. Like, if you're gonna crank out a comedy, it's not gonna really elevate more than this. I mean, they they shoot the scenes, they get in, they get out. Yeah, but Dave Thomas does not consider I'm going to just crank out some movie. He it was all the 100% behind this. This was his baby. He thinks this is a work of art. It has a lot of heavy hitters. I mean, I love Dave Thomas. You know. I don't know. I I can't I can't defend it. It's not funny. It's nothing really happens. There's no 
dazed and confused they were going to get their ass whipped at the end of the film. I got that. <laughs> so um, there's something funny which you'll consider racist because it is. Uh, he, he has Peter do the surgery and then um, Christine Lee is like, I'll do it. And he goes, hold on, Miss MSG. There we go. Got it. You you heard it at the perfect time. He called him Doogie Hauser. Well, that's not fair. Doogie was a lot younger than he was. Oh, I get it. <laughs> that is true. That's you as like a. I could see you like. I could see myself knowing me as a comedy host, me as a doctor. Like right, all right. Your next doctor coming on to perform. <laughs> you know, he's a good writer. Give it up for what does he mean by good writer? Now I can't concentrate. Now he is um we're gonna see a disgusting throw up in the cadaver scene now. All right. Do you need and I won't be watching. I've already seen a man covered in shit, a baby being born, and we're not even an hour into this film. Right. Well, now he's gonna Ralph into Ralph's chest. I don't think I've ever seen that before in my life. Well, someone pushed a little hard on the chest, didn't they? I'm not watching. Well, there's a continuity error, obviously, around his face. Oh, you stopped watching. Now, there were working titles for this film. It was called An Intern's Diary, and that was because we had the voiceover. You know right. White Coats. That's the one they ended up with. And um, in Italian, when this film was released, it was La Papital Tu Sexy del Mundo, which is the sexiest hospital in the world, which I don't think is appropriate. I don't know. That cadaver looks pretty hot. Look at that nose. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have you, to disagree with you on that. Is he doing nose jokes? You nose organs. Yes. Well, he's not doing a nose joke, but... but now they those, found, those organ jokes are awful. The, the setup was this cadaver's unidentified, so we can do whatever the fuck we want with them. And then they're like, they've identified the cadaver's family. And oh, they're there right there yeah. with the kids. And the body's covered in puke, Carl? Yes, with no nose, nose cut off. Do you think he has like a Joel McHale kind of like acting style? I don't know who that is. Uh, he was in stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's I in mean, an I animal. Thing, yeah. Now Dave Thomas will just rib Peter, you know. I don't know what's worse, puking in a cadaver or telling the wrong family that you... Man, if your accounts would really be appreciated. He said, um, you should go to, um, you should be a doctor at a, like, a Christian science center. Where a man oh, that's clever. <laughs> I haven't heard that one before, says every Christian scientist. The worst so part about like... hurting... Oh, go ahead, Carl. Well, it doesn't matter. It never pays off. There's no plot throughout this whole film. 
All right. Well, I was going to make a Christian scientist joke, but I, I think I uh, I won't. So Finally, strip club. Like you should go out and take your mind off of it. So they all go to this Edmonton strip club, and uh, that's what we'll see. Were they they're fully dressed? He didn't want that. I, they don't use the same ratings we do here in the States. He said, I'll get an R rating in the States, but I don't want an X rating. But the point of this scene is we'll find out that Mitzi is a stripper at night because she's oh. everything sexy, sexy in this whole film. Well, isn't that the old canard that you have to strip your way to through medical school? She she will say that. She'll say that to Peter. She'll now get into a serious relationship with Peter, and that'll be the thing. She's doing this to get through med school. So now they're just bumping into Mitzi, not realize, you know, finding out she's a stripper, and she's really good. And there's six people on stage, and now she's going to be like, wait a minute, these one-third of my audience are my coworkers? Right. I didn't notice it till now. And so she'll be embarrassed, just like she was with the sperm in the mouth. She'll run away. Peter! Peter? Hi, Missy. What? Go, workers! Clip, 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 clip. Oh, heels make you run so silly. Yeah, let's rewind that. So now, once again, we'll have not funny stuff in which Peter tries to prove that, like, like trying to make, I don't know, take away the embarrassment, he'll start stripping. Oh, that's terrible. Is she in the poster? They walked into a strip club and didn't see Naughty Nurse. There's Naughty Nurse, yeah. Oh, man. This is the most awkward bachelorette party I've been to. This is, um, look, he'll start taking off his clothes to try to make i don't know it's dumb and then but they've already they've already did it right like is he trying to flirt with her no she had she gave a blow job to peter uh, oh. wait am i backwards here hold on a second pat kelly is who we're watching dave uh, yeah right this is pat kelly who's dave dodd no no pat kelly's the womanizer one and this is peter olring who's the nerd one with doctor parents and so she gave a bj to pat kelly and now she'll sleep with she'll become the boyfriend of peter olring and the joke will be he's got a huge uh dick he's got a huge dick that's all right i bet that's what she said (laughs) now Go ahead, Carl, please. Well, now, Chris, he will inspire Christine Lee to tip the girl. She'll she'll incorrectly put it in her butt. The stripper will freak out. And then uh, Marlon will give her a bunch of money. And she goes, if you keep these Benjamins coming, you can put your whole fist in there. And they'll go, ew, I'm out of here. And they'll all leave. All right, well, this movie got interesting. Is it? 
It's an ass. They might, might have. This might be the American X-ray version. Hey. Also, it's American money, right, Carl? Yes. So is this America? No, it has no value in Canada. Actually, I guess this is America. I don't know. I never even thought about it. There you go. Fist in my ass. We're out of here. Right. Exactly. Way to walk a room. So now we see his huge dick. And that'll be another hilarious comedic. You see the candle that looks like a dick? She's all about sex with this girl. Well, that looks like one of those uh, water carriers. Whatever Uh you drink from. What's the drink? What's in it? It's uh, lemonade, and... lemonade, yeah. Yeah, there you go. So Knock when his dick gets exposed, uh, Peter will be like, you think I'm a freak? Like, the joke is, he thinks, like, having a big one means you're weird and people won't like you, and and she okay. likes Yeah, and she has a stripper pole for practice in her room. Yeah, and she's telling a story about how when somebody moved out, they just left it. I don't know. Is it funny? Explains why it's there. Oh, boy. I cannot wait till next episode because we'll be watching a different film. This movie really wore you down, huh? Is this (laughs) it? Is this the one that broke your back? Well, the first time I saw it, I was like, this is not good at all. And then the second time I saw it, I was like, this is not good at all but but at the time i'm getting to you seeing it i'm like oh this is such yeah a but we watched a few films on film rise they have a couple of gems yeah. in there but that's right for the most for the most part like they just grab whatever they can and and a lot of times it's just things that was released or wasn't released or was released somehow on somewhere but it wasn't like and then it shows up in film rise now, don't get me wrong. There are some very funny things in this film, but but they're in between the not funny things. So, right. and 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 you do that to me, and then you don't give me a plot at all. What's the adventures of? So now oh, she's discovering the dick, and this is what he's been scared of. Maybe some flip balls. No, oh, oh, that. Don't don't make fun. Don't make fun. Don't make fun. Get these pants off. Let me see this thing. Same sound I make. Oh, there you go. Full frontal. You think I'm a freak? (laughs) Yeah. Definitely. Super freak. In a good way. In a very good way. Oh. Now, this scene is one of the few times they're not in the hospital. And yeah, that's when true. I first, when I first saw it, I started thinking to myself, she has a very nice apartment filled with very nice things. How is it? Okay, now we have the Christmas party, and two things will happen. Um, Cindy Lee here will be encouraged to drink, and she will drink way too much, and she'll get crazy. Okay. The only other thing is... Marlon will sleep with the head nurse, and she's a great actress in the scene, pretending. I'll ask you to turn up the sound at that point, because she really should win an Oscar for her. Her. You just believe her. It's just a good, it's a good acting. In my right, here she goes. 
Drake one. A different it, person. The other one. Going to be the actress I was talking about. The head nurse. What's in there? Oh my god. I wouldn't say this movie is long, but didn't this film start during the Halloween? <laughs> what? I mean, it's already Canadian Christmas. Um. What? Okay. So this film is like the last uh, semester of a doctor's life. And it, Dave Thomas actually talked about that. That means it goes over the Christmas break or the last year. So there's two semesters. So they got to do the Christmas party. And he was really happy about that because he was like, there's a lot I could do with that. And I did. So this is the middle of the movie then because it's yeah. in between semesters. Yeah, well, they don't, they're not so good like that to be that. This, there's, there's about 40 minutes left in this film. Christmas with the Cranks, was that, that a Dan Aykroyd? Was that, maybe that was after this. Maybe that's the most recent Dan Aykroyd film I've seen. Let's see. Now, my Dan Aykroyd stuff is limited in my research because you He's know I'm so wet, right. So I just have like, that he was a member of the Order of Canada, that he was in Diamonds, which we saw, um, I don't know. In 99, yeah. he was in Gross Point Blank. I have that written down. Why? Why? I don't know. It was a good role. He was funny in that. That's that's when his listing, listing banalities of bureaucracy while they murder people is funny because it's a ironic contrast. <laughs> yeah. He wanted him to be in a union. Right, yeah, all for healthcare. And they would always sing popcorn. Memorable. Oh, so now they're introducing the band. And he goes, Dr. So-and-so, uh, Dr. Blah, blah, blah on bass. And he goes, and for a limited time from intensive care, you know, and he says this patient's, you know, the drummer. <laughs> Uh, doctor, I don't think that's right. And I, I just, well, what would make you think that? He's doing Stephen Strange. This is what happened right before the accident. In this right? Case, he went to a pompous party and he drank, uh, drank up and he talked about his hand surgery. Mm -hmm. And then he got in an accident where his hands got damaged. And then shaky, he went. Yeah, they were super shaky. But Dave Foley won't have that. Uh, he'll just. It's just more of him being a pompous ass. That's all. He, he does that throughout this whole film. And the comeuppance is... She, is he won't come get any comeuppance. You see, this intern, like, hates him for his conceit. And then they're going... Now, she was in Senior Trip, too. She played a woman, a girl named Candy in Senior Trip. And I don't mm. notice her from it. Her career was really... I don't know. She was in Stargate SG-1 in 97. She was in a bunch of stuff, but it's not impressive. Uh, in 2010, she was Laurie Unger in the HBO Canada series Living in Your Car. Um, wow. I thought that was a documentary. Psychotherapist Dr. Laura Keating in Sci-Fi's film, you know, in 2006. Uh, she has lots of credits, and none of them distinguish her. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, they got the last laugh on her, too. 
Look, he's sw- uh, now those are those the guys, guys we saw earlier. So they're still right. showing their butt off. Now we're getting like she's super drunk and she's going to get more super drunk and then she'll start stripping. Did she just order a martini and the guy's like, no problem? Right. And she goes, two more, please. And he goes, no problem. No problem. Here you go. Just happen to have two martini glasses filled there. <laughs> you sure you want a martini or the punch? The punch okay, is right on the turn it up. This is very good. She's a very good actress. Her name's Linda Boyd, and she's been in a bunch of stuff. Leave up the sound. Leave up the sound. What a good actress. <laughs> leave it up. Oh, slowly roll. <laughs> that's it that's it it was a tittle oh yeah she's oh, well, um here's more they were both in i spy together now with i spy the movie version that came out in the 2000s or a tv version that came out recent more recently or this was the eddie murphy star vehicle in 2002 it was a movie and yes. uh it was like his big break that was the film that that was his like highest most successful film nowadays he's in hallmark movies but um, well, that's a step up from this film oh she is tripping <laughs> i guess it is now she was in fast and furious tokyo drift i bet you love that um, sure if i can remember it she was for six seasons. She was on a CBS uh, TV show called Republic of Doyle. Right, I remember those six seasons. The Canadian broadcasting system. I think it was a right, just regular TV. She was on Thin Ice with Diane Keaton. She's the man in two thousand six. Wow. Final Destination, An Unfinished Life, About a Girl. I must have seen her in all these films. Yeah, but the thing is, she's like one of those people who plays, like she played Jennifer Lopez's boss, Owen Wilson's confidant, right. you know, Leslie Nielsen's wife. She's like always the the one you don't notice. I mean, you like her in the film, but you don't walk away thinking about her, you know. Well, I remember the scene. Now, Viv, who's the African-American guy there, uh, yeah, he was, in 2002, he was in I Spy. He was in Are We There Yet? And the, you know, he was in Hot Tub Time Machine, but the little Great. part. Uh, the Thaw with Val Kilmer. She, he was on Netflix Lost in Space as just one of the colonists. Um, but nowadays he's in Hallmark films. Yeah, a step up. I mean, uh so now like they're all hung over and so the nurse is giving them high you know ivs to hydrate them this is ridiculous this movie never ends carl it's like I a know, runaway it train doesn't it doesn't and it's not going to get better 
But our third act will be full of medical drama and emergencies. And that will kind of give us the vibe like it's a good film for a quick second. How do you handle movies like this, Carl? I mean, okay, I just I mean, got my ad I was telling you about. Did you get one? Okay. No, not yet. What should I do? Go ahead, girl. Oh, nothing. Okay, my ad's over already. It was one of those seven second ones. I think the audience is somehow going to get off with us, and I'm so sorry about that. Yeah. Guys. Watch it on YouTube. Watch it on YouTube. I'm at 106, 02, 3, 4. Uh, 106, I'm at 105. Darn it. Tell me again your time. 106. 13. Okay. Tell me when you're at 23. Okay. That was good. 20, 21, 2, 23. Okay. I am back in sync with you. Great. Yeah. They're all leaving the table and they left. Well, because Marlon was being a real sexist pig. Like, you were dancing naked and I missed it. Let me see your titties. And she's like, fuck you, Marlon. And they leave. And then sexy girl is like, oh, the girls are leaving. I guess that means I have to leave with them. And so she so gets she up and leaves. Yeah. She's like, okay, I'll show. Oh, no, they're leaving. I won't. This movie is great, Carl. What a great pick. I yeah, think. what a great movie. Now we're getting a segment in which everyone's sleepy, tired from being overworked. And that will be our segment. And it doesn't no. lead anywhere. It doesn't do anything. They got folders. Oh, what a nice kiss. Here you go. Time to make the donuts. We're all so, over. Look at that hand. That's the joke. Oh, what more? Uh. <laughs> same so just room getting it over and over and over and over it's the same room carl they only yeah. shot in one room now she goes i need someone to look at my breasts sometimes okay. it's funny most of the time it is not funny you're jealous of the head wound guy at this point <laughs> At least he's delirious. We comedic, comedic bit. Here comes another comedic bit. Well, I, you know, I don't know if you know. I went to pre. I was pre med intern. Oh, were you? Yeah, I, I learned how to be a pre med intern. It's really interesting. Uh huh. They get paid. Oh, toast face. Lots of funny, I'm sleepy. Okay, now he goes, there's a guy with an erection. And so they're, you know, like one of those Viagra too long erections. So they're like, I'll take the erection. That's standing attention. They've been the same sleepy people, right? We've seen the same people sleeping in different locations. Yeah. Oh my God, this film. Yeah, I know. So now we find out that, okay, this nurse, her big plan, her name's Carly, by the way, and she's in Hallmark movies nowadays, but she had a bit of a career. Carly Pope is her name, and she was in The Collector. She was in Suits. She was in Arrow, 
And nowadays she's in Hallmark. But she set us up before, like she was going to be a nurse in Kenya. Then she was going to move on to be a nurse in, uh, she mentioned someplace in Europe. Uh, she was going to travel the world as a nurse. And she got her papers or whatever to go to Africa. But now she's like, but I kind of love you. So we're going to get a whole not Good. moving romance thing here. Carl, are you a fan of those 70s movies about night nurses? You know, like the know. nurses. I don't know. It was Samuel Z. Arkoff. It was like these. Roger Corman made a series of New Line Cinema films where it was like the naughty nurses. And there was also stewardess <laughs> movies, but it was a kind of a formulaic film where I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I guess I was not a fan of those. I don't think I've ever seen even one. I don't think I've seen any of them. You know, the like, naughty I've nurses. Seen the night <laughs> yeah. By day they're stewardess. By night, nurses. They have sex. Um, right. Dave Thomas, one of the serious bugaboos, pet peeves of Dave Thomas is like other countries make a movie and then they send it to the United States. But what Canada does is it sends all its talent to the United States and the movies are made in the U.S. You know, he was like, we need to make movies here in Canada and then release them in the U.S. If we're going to have a serious film industry. I don't think the government made Jim Carrey move to the United States. No, L.A. did. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's opportunity in the States. So that's what Dave Thomas is saying. What we need to do is have a strong um, industry and let our movies be shown in the States. Now, um, he's complaining. He, I already told you the thing, like, the government will give you 75%. you got to come up with the other 25%. That's right. really wrong. He also says that the government funds the making of the film – the distribution of the film, but they don't fund the marketing. So he got called to court to speak in front of the Canadian government. Why was this film a flop? And it, he had to say, because you guys don't market it. You spent $250,000 on marketing. That's nothing. He says, you might as well put those into savings bonds and give them to your kids. You'll make more money that way. Really? The government held a trial. Why was your movie not popular? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. I, uh, piece of shit. I don't know. <laughs> Rude. Uh, uh, exterior okay. shot, hanging out in the chairs, feet on the chairs. Usual hospital stuff. I'm so sick of this hospital and their Apple products. Yeah. That's an old school computer. Oh, yeah. It's Apple. The actual hardware is in that dome. You just press a button on the dome and it lights up your, your monitor. Cool. Cool. This hospital they were going to demolish, huh? Uh, no, there, it was being sold. So it was oh, empty yeah. until it was after the sale. And so they got an opportunity. Great. That explains uh, Dave Thomas's other movie, Chaos at the Sausage Factory, uh, The Lunatics of the Abandoned Library, Inanimate. <laughs> uh, Ontario Fire Station hijinks before demolition. 
I wanted to find for you when he was in front of the uh, Canadian government defending himself, but I can't seem to find in my notes. That seems like such a low blow to be uh, an artist, write and direct and star in a movie, and then you get money from the government and then have to go and explain to the government why it's a piece of work, a piece of art. Yeah, it wasn't successful. Oh, look at all the organs. How awful. Yeah, we're going to have an awful scene now. We're going to have Peter find out um, that... um, uh, uh, that Mike got a blowjob, not Mike, whatever, Peter, he got a Peter, blowjob Peter. From, from Sexy Girl. And then he's going to freak out about it, and they're going to start throwing organs oh. at each other. And that will kind of get him kicked out of school, and that will lead us into our third act where they save the day and don't get kicked out. Uh, if they're going to be organ grinders, at least they can have the little monkey. <laughs> in 2005, writer-director Dave Thomas testifying to the Canadian politicians at the House of Commons in Ottawa blamed the failure on the movie because TVA Films' mishandling of the marketing campaign. They spent $250,000 on television advertising. It's about 20 spots. Right. It is nothing for a broad-based commercial movie. You might as well save the money. You might as well put it in bonds and give it to your children. The Research House Decima surveyed Canadians, and 90% had not even heard of the film. So he's got a point. He's got a point. You do three, you do two legs of this three-legged table. You don't market the film, and then you want to blame... Okay, now I'm going to stop watching because they're doing... I'll let you know when this is over. Thank you. Hey, what am I, chopped liver? (laughs) What am I, whole liver? They're throwing hearts at Uh, each other. I've heard of kidney stones passing, but this is ridiculous. My kidney passing? No. Ridiculous. There's lots of Jane Doe cadavers over the years, and they... He's got a dead body as a human shield. And uh, they're basically throwing away years of research here because you can't use these organs anymore. Oh, here comes comes Dave Thomas. Ready? Yep. And he's like, what the fuck? Uh Uh-oh. Oh, this guy. Yep. Come in, gentlemen. Now, this guy is Sam Rubinick, and he plays the father. Um, you know, we saw the mother, and now the mother's a gynecologist. Now, I was introduced this, to this guy by um, Frazier. He was like a character on Frazier for a time, but he was also, I loved him in Unforgiven. He would write the comic books. Wait, Unforgiven, the, the, the Clint Eastwood Western? Yes, he was sold as a novel. Like, I'm a writer. And they would always say, what, letters and such? And you go, no, books. And then you would see the book as a comic book. Oh, gotcha. It's been a while. So he was in Against All Odds. He was in Wall Street. He was in Bonfire of the Vanities. He was in Nixon and True Romance. He's been out there. He is totally Canadian. Now, this is interesting. He was born in a refugee camp in Germany where his father ran a Yiddish 
repertoire theater company. So he comes from a strong, like, Jewish theater tradition, and he was raised in Ontario, and he, um, and he kept up that tradition. Canadian Broadcasting Corporation actor when he was young. So basically, they find out they're going to get expelled for fucking around with the organs. And so the father is there to, like, do a payoff and save his son. So the son is like, fuck that, I quit. But right. then there's, like, an emergency bus crash and everyone's in the ER. So he forgets that he quits and just goes down to help because he's helping people. And that will save the day and we're heading into our third act. But don't get under the illusion that we're out of here yet. This is just our no, setup. I'm, a lot I have of no delusion. Set. Trust me. Even though you're telling me the third act is coming, that means we're still in the second act. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So he's playing hardball with them. Like, you guys, if you guys take the blame and let my kid go, I'll make sure that you still have careers in medicine because I'm a powerful motherfucker. Look at my eyes! Uh, to which, yeah, in the know. end, Marlon will be like, look in my eyes. He goes, okay, we won't be doctors, but we'll always be men. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I wish there was a sequel, White Coats Two. Why? The day after. <laughs> Why stop? Why we did it? We did it. He didn't have any. What are you talking about? It was my fault. I started it. Don't they reek of like all uh, organs? Look at my eyes. Yeah, don't they reek of blood? And hey, how come they we don't see the splatters on them and stuff? They must have changed the scrubs. Don't yeah, mention the word scrubs in front of director Dave Thomas, though. A little sensitive. It was my idea first. Scrubs. Now, what I don't get is they go out into the hall and they agree to do the deal. Then they come in and do the deal. And then when they're on the on their way out, they're like, we're not doing the deal. It doesn't make any sense how it flipped. There's no story otherwise at this point. There is no story. What we're doing here is making a brand new story so we can have a third act. That's what we're doing. Right. That's what they're doing. What's supposed to happen in a film is there's a hero, and this hero wants a goal. And then by the end of the film, he's decided he doesn't want that goal and he want more. He wants something bigger and better, like love or uh, your integrity, something like that. But that doesn't happen in this film. We don't get set up with the goal, and then in the end... We just get comedic bits, and then we get a setup for sec three. He goes, I'm still cashing this check. He goes, you idiot, I'll just cancel the check. He goes, is there no integrity? <laughs> oh, back hanging out at the commissary. Yeah, and he goes, I've quit. Now, I forget what it is. I think it's a bus crash. Why don't you turn it up and we'll hear what is it's, the... Wait a minute. He's going to quit in the commissary and then they're going to be like, hey, guys, there's a bus crash? Right, right. That's coming pretty nicely. I wish my dad would do that for me. 
Who cares about your dad? Alright, your dad is a douchebag. <laughs> so what do you want to do first? Go get drunk or register for welfare? Huh. Why not both? Out and he's quitting. Now look, oh, she is weird. He's like, what's the big deal, guys? She's like completely inappropriate and has no payoff. Did she just say, let's get laid? I'm not following it. Yep, yep. It's bad writing. She's like out of left field saying, what's the big deal, guys? Well, and then this scene will end with Radar getting on the phone, paging Mike Hunt. <laughs> Bus crash. What about okay, Dr. Mike Hawk? Okay. Do you like him? Well, I 76 it. car pile up according to the oh uh, okay that's what it was so it was a bus and 75 other vehicles i guess so 75 car pile up they're all coming in <laughs> that's a lot of fucking people jesus christ 76 car pile up how's that possible i see one car hitting another car and then maybe a and third another. car hitting like that car accordion. Well, like in Grand Theft Auto, when you throw like a grenade in the freeway. So now yeah. we're not going to get a series of comedic bits. We're going to get a series of serious bits in which they're saving this one, they're saving that one. And the tone of our film is completely, well, not, it's always been all over the place, but they will continue the tradition of, having the tone of the film all over the place because now they're um that show er instead of scrubs but doesn't this film deserve to have the er moment like any kind of comedy they need this gravitas to kind of no show. it does not deserve no you have a film the film has a tone and you play out your otherwise you confuse your audience and you make them feel emotionally weird huh no, but I mean, imagine if you were watching The Notebook and then there was a, like a, a Surf 2 kind of gross-out scene. It, they don't go. You need a I, warm yeah. tone to your film in order for the audience to be satisfied. Uh, turn it up. You'll hear no jokes. Go ahead. Turn it up. Wait, is right. Black, huh? Black is beautiful. All right. Let's go All right. Okay. Do, do, do. That is hilarious. Yeah, he gets like that's cool. Like they get to do the doctor bit. Oh, remember that scene where he threw up oh, and dropped the clamp in there? Not yes. happening. This no masks. No masks. No masks. They don't have time, girl. They have gloves. I think I've oh, man. I can about this film. This is interesting. There's a woman, I don't know who it is. Her name's Ray Rochelle Lowen, but her right. credit in the script is Buxom Nurse. That's her character. Oh well, God bless. <laughs> 
uh mike barnard peter oldring he was in deep impact he was in infinite he was in he played farrah fawcett's gay assistant in the television film hollywood live wife wives i'm 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 i think i'm done telling you about this okay oh carl let's let's talk about movies we like that take place in hospitals okay I, I can I recommend a movie yes it's called britannica hospital i saw my father it was an early 80s film about uh, a hospital as a parody of British hospitals. Okay. It had Malcolm McLaren, uh, Dowell. It had uh, uh, Mark Hamill uh, was in it. And it was like a day of the life. And this doctor was creating like a Genesis uh, project. And these people wanted to tear it down. And it was really funny. Like that movie I liked. This is no Britannica hospital. I can't find a pen to write it down, so I'm going to put it in my cell phone. Should I see okay. it? You're yeah. suggesting yes. It, uh, it's a really, and it's all over the place, but it never stops being funny, and it never stops being a, a satire and a really sharp parody. Like, because they have all these different classes, you know, it's a British class comedy uh, parody. It's just really funny. There's a strike in the hospital. The rich people get better treatment. You know, there's a now DJ. Now we find out that Dan Aykroyd is not, he's a PhD, not a doctor. They're like, good thing you're here, doctor. You got to help. And he goes, I'm a doctor like Dr. Phil is a doctor. I am happy, so I know you'll do a good job. Carry on, fellas. I am not a crook. Now, in Carry On films, there was Carry On Nurse. I never saw it, but apparently that's another hospital film. Yeah, sure. Uh, Young Doctors in Love, Gary Marshall parody of uh, soap operas from the early 80s, one right. of the first ABC motion picture movies. Now, here we have a moment of comedy. She goes like, she's like, am I going to die? And he goes, well, actually, there is a 7% chance in this procedure you will die. And then, the, you know, Mitzi is like, you're not going to die. That is ew. Yep, and they don't give you any warning. Oh, what a mistake, Carl. What a big boner that was. <laughs> what the Wow! You've got a huge boner, but not in a good way. <laughs> the good news or the bad news? Good news, Doc. Well, <laughs> pat you on the back. You've got a boner. <laughs> yeah. That bone marrow is delicious, though. Mm, roasted. Mm -mm. I can't watch this scene. All the other stuff I can watch. Shit well, on the guy, no problem. Serious medical stuff now. That's, you know, you do this, go get that. You help her, you... And then they're going to make it worse that there is a car crash right outside of the ER. And Dave oh. Thomas is laying on the ground. Oh, no. Now they've so got to help. Yeah. Are you sure it's just not his acting? <laughs> Lifeless. Oh. All right. Look, they're shaking hands. Well, no. They're saying, we've got to get past this. You gave Mitzi. Mitzi gave you a blowjob thing. So you have to pray with me. And he's like, dear God. Don't let Mitzi give any more blowjobs. Always on Mitzi's expense. Speaking of polls, oh, they get. 
Maybe the crash wow, this is cool. right now. This is like having your own hospital to shoot in. This is where it comes cool. They can go through the front doors, the emergency doors. Yeah, right. The ambulance behind it. Now watch. Here it comes. Here it comes. Because Dave Thomas just walked outside, so it's probably going to happen right now. Oh, wait. Ooh, turn, this up. turn this up. This is really funny. Absolutely, I do. Right, you're right, you're right, the nurse will be by to discharge you, okay? Will I ever see you again? <laughs> that was funny. Well, yeah. You turned it up just a little late because she says some, like, badass stuff, you know? Oh, I got and, you. Yeah, and he, like, falls for her. Will I ever see you again? Wait, what happened to this guy? He got a skiing? He's got a ski pole in his chest. And because he was on the car and it went into, oh, there's the crash. And he ends up being a billionaire who's going to fund the hospital. Oh, no. Is this in the Wendy's? <laughs> That's that burned him. When you insult someone, it's called a burn, right? Like, you, yes. you, oh, you got burned. Burn. So when they ha show a random burn victim at the beginning of the film, my joke was that someone must have really insulted them. Oh, that's what your joke was. Because they were a burn victim. What a burn. <laughs> but I regret it. I'm bringing it up now because that person actually got burned, Carl. No, I'm making no, light that of that. was a script. It was an actor. Oh, it was, it was a the movie. script. He's like, here's a random burn victim. So Peter takes charge now and goes, he's not the only patient in this hospital. Let's go. Well, I'm all out of patients, personally. Oh, yeah, me too. Don't worry, we're ending. Okay, now, they've got it under control. They have taken the 76 car pileup victims. And now who comes in but Dave Foley at the last minute thinking that it's just a normal day. So he's going to be a Dick! Uh, Who authorized you to operate on this person? Why do I feel like these conversations happened while I was in surgery? Right? Like, come on, man. I don't want to see this. Tie him up. So now they're going to uh, pretend Dave, um, Dave Thomas's voice. Who authorized oh. this? He goes, I did, sir. Who said that? Is that Dave Thomas? Prove it. He goes, she goes, fuck you. He's like, what? Oh, yeah, come up and. She had to watch him pull this shit the entire movie, and now finally she gets to speak right. her mind. And she goes, scrub up and help us close. And she goes, how dare you? Hell! He goes, oh, you want a piece of me? So now they have it out, and you think this is it, but no, they start making out. Oh my god. Cardiac surgeon, if you're dead! Give me a cardiac surgeon if you're dead! Ow! Do, 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 do. <laughs> Carl, here's my reaction shot. Ooh! Yeah! It's very important in comedy to cut to the people go, ouch, that gotta hurt. Oh! 
Now, if this film was funny, it would be good, even though it has so many flaws and it's plotless. This was a story arc. They hated each other throughout the entire movie. They built each other, but they're really in love with each other. Yes, Mike, you're right. I'm wrong. This film does have story arcs. <laughs> See, Carl? What were you thinking watching this four times? So now... now my first... <laughs> Right, without the sound. So yeah. now they've saved the day and they're getting recognized and they're not fired and... He quit, though. Oh, look, he turned out to be a billionaire and he made a large donation to this right. hospital. You know the guy with the ski pole in his chest? Oh, let's say goodbye. Albert's Hospital. And say hello to Microtech. Good Dan Aykroyd got to say a bunch of words. Go, okay, Carl, you can stop clapping. No, keep clapping. No, they stop clapping. Long clap. So now we get a sexy thing with Dave Thomas and the nurse. Like, you know, when I was giving you mouth to mouth, I think you slipped me the tongue. And he goes, well, that was an involuntary muscle spasm. She goes, well, if you ever have an involuntary muscle spasm again, I don't mind. And he goes, it's, that's good to know. These are Ooh, movie title, movie title. Okay, Intern Academy, let's go. Right, so now it's all coming in a circle. It's the new intern. Those guys are still walking around. Luckless. That's not the right Can word. you believe it? I'm shaking my head. I can't believe it. Hey! Yeah, it's over. So now we get outtakes, which films that are good do. Meanwhile, it's like produced by the government. Carl, what'd you think of this movie? Um, I, I, I didn't like it. Um, I didn't like it. I was glad to see it. And I'm a Dave Thomas fan. I'm a Dan Aykroyd fan, but I just, it didn't. Yeah, I'm a fan. Yeah. I mean, this is a complete completist. I could check off that I saw another Dan Aykroyd movie that I didn't see before. And yeah, I have a film directed by one of my heroes and they're all, you know, yeah, we've seen the shit. That's the outtake they put in there. Yeah. In the movie, the character literally eats shit. <laughs> no, we eat shit. <laughs> yeah. I, but otherwise I think this is a terrible movie. I mean, the guy vomited into a, uh, uh, no. corpse. I just got to say that you didn't watch it with without me, you know, without with the sound, just watching it as a film. So you I don't, don't really know how unfunny this thing really was. Like I would tell you to turn up the thing and this is a good bit. But most all of this film was not believable of what things people would do in the real world and not funny bits. Now, Dave Thomas is hilarious, so I'm not sure how we ended up here, but we did. I mean, he wrote it, he directed it. You would think 
that the guy who did Strange Brew and the guy who did so many Saturday uh, Second City Television funny, hilarious things would be sure. really funny in this film. But but for some reason that didn't. He tried, you know, like I I I agree with you. I'm I'm not disagreeing. I'm not playing yeah. devil's advocate. This was unfunny, and I'm actually grateful I didn't actually have to watch it. Uh, <laughs> I kind of the bullet on it. But I, I mean, under the circumstances, this is what they were able to produce. And I mean, it's entertainment, but also it, it is like all over the place. And I don't know, once a guy puke into a corpse, I, I, that's a yeah. horror movie, right? I yeah. mean, that's not he a comedy. Poop on his body. And, yeah. Well, there was a very funny outtake we just missed. Dan Aykroyd was in the hot tub and they said to him, Dan, can you um, please like soap up the nipples? And so he goes to the woman and soaps them up, and they go, "No, no, no, Dan, your nipples." And he goes, "Oh!" <laughs> he started covering them up. Gotcha. All right. Well, that's uh, filmed in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Obviously. Edmonton, Edmonton, and for the company I work for, we have a um, a location, a a a, a cellular. You know, it's a, so I knew Edmonton and where it was on the map and everything. Nice. Well, you know, tell them next time you're there, white coats, huh? Right? Am I right? Eh? <laughs> they won't know what I'm talking about. 90% of Canadians have never. And now that it's, you know, that was 2004, nobody knows this film. Not even the, the only people who know about this film now are the great audience of l-w-a-f-l-m-o-y-t thank you so yes. much for if you're watching, still listening, listening at this point thank you people yeah uh, we're, we're we're one we'll be back next sunday 2 p.m on mutiny radio pacific standard time we'll be back on your podcast feed as l-w-a-f-l-m-o-y-t and we're on youtube you can see the movie synced with the audio at L-W-A-F-L-M-O-I-T. Carl, thank you so much for making this happen. I'm excited for next week. We'll be back with a new movie. So subscribe and be ready. We'll see you then. Take care. Watch if you want to, you can slap Spiegelman's behind. L-W-A-F-L-M-N-O-Y-T on Mutiny Radio. Mutiny. Mutiny! It's pronounced mutiny. Mutiny! No, it's, it's pronounced mutiny. Mutiny! Oh, my turn-offs are guys who say mutiny. Mutiny? Well, let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman, oh Mike Spiegelman, Mike Spiegelman, Mike Spiegelman, Mike Spiegelman, It's 6 o'clock, it's Bug Out Square.
trying this again. Uh, of course, you don't know. This is the first time you heard me say this. Today, anyway, but, uh, I'm trying it again. You see? Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? I've been hearing his name all over the land. Hey, this week on Bug Out Square, well, I got, um, it's Black History man. Month and it's, it's Valentine's Tell Day. Time. So uh, I suppose it's a it's a good chance for you to uh, tell someone that you haven't in a while that how you really feel about them. So let's do that together, huh? And it's also uh, uh, Black History Month. Did I mention that? Uh, I got a lot of things going on here. Doing it from the house today. So uh, bear with the, the technicalities. I had to dust this. Mess off, come but along, I, I think everything's working. So thanks for doing rain. what you got to do to Was do. Bug House Square, meet me radio. Man. Stormy days, we'd pass the time away. Sleeping in some good warm place. Man, come along and we give him a little race. Was that a vigilante man? Preacher Casey was just a working man And he said, unite all you working men Killed him in the river, some strange man Was that a vigilante man? Does a vigilante man? Why does a vigilante man carry that sawed-off shotgun in his hand? Would he shoot his brother and sister down? I rambled around from town to town. I rambled around from town to town. And they herded us around like a wild herd of cattle Was that the vigilante men? Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? I've heard his name all over the land If you like me, you'd better show it. 
If I've uh, got what you desire, then let me know it. When you are near, I wanna hear you sigh. Sell me, and maybe I'll buy. Romance me when you meet me. Whisper sweet tenderness things when you greet me. Either wine or dine me or farewell me. Champagne me, caviar me. Ritz Hotel me, baby sell me I wanna feel that I'm really living I've got a lot to give but first you do the giving If you take me to that place called paradise I'll pay for the trip If you'll pay the price Get me going with your caresses Make me tingle with delight as night progresses Make me know I mean the world to you So sell me or baby I Central Park in old Manhattan Where you can hang your hat Most any matinee Depends what you do Depends what you say But you could, boy Yes, you could, boy So when you sell me your line Make it good, boy You could be the apple of my eye So sell me, sell me, sell me And maybe I could be a Turkish delight The natives are restless in Istanbul tonight So begin now, you can win now Darling, make me feel completely feminine now But you'll never know if you don't try So sell me, sell me, sell me And maybe Have you heard of a place called Peyton, where they have so much fun tater-tating? But to tater-tate, you have to have a maid. So don't hesitate, or you will get the gate. Say you want me, but my desire. You'll find the flame, then I will set the fire. It's up to you. You see, I'm really shy. So sell me, sell me, sell me, and maybe.
What makes you feel? 
feel upsetter than love But if there's something better than love Who's got it? Who wants it? Do you? You know what? I was just thinking There must be something better than love I'm sure there's something better to do Suppose they find something better to do Now who'd do it? Would you? There must be a way to waste time It'll make you sleep and then you'll feel in the prime Suppose you find that way to waste time Girl, you ain't only wasting it, honey, you're throwing it away Of course, there's a certain kind of man Marley, that man is good as gold Women, huh, women leave him absolutely cold But then that man is only two days old There's nothing more go together than love There's nothing triple threader than love But if there's something better than love And you like it, oh-ho You can keep it, oh-ho I don't want it, oh-ho I can't use it, yeah, but I ain't complaining now
You say you want to be my woman. You say you want to be in the mood. Come on, use my meter so good. Kick all right. Yeah.